0: Good morning again. All right, let's see here. I believe Glenn and Donna's got the uh, children's church this morning. So those that are 12 and under can go over for that. And as they're heading over, if you want to go ahead and mark your Bibles, or your songbooks rather, at 178 at Calvary, we will uh, use that as our hymn of invitation this morning. And before we get started into uh, our service, I have... uh, have a little presentation to make, so Mr. Alex, if you'd come on up. Yeah, you got to come back up in front of the church one more time, buddy. <laughs> Alex, here's your baptismal certificate and also your personalized Bible. And we hope that you use this as you learn and grow in the Lord and, and, and that we help you along that path as well. We're real proud of you, so There you go. Right. Very good. All right, Good morning. Good to see everybody out this morning. Good to have you here. If you're logging into uh, Facebook or on YouTube later, we're certainly happy to have you with us and we want to uh, encourage you to be with us whether it's on the on the Facebook or whether you can come and attend church with us, uh, we'll be happy to have you. And it's always a privilege to share in God's Word with you. Roy T. Bennett, a writer, an author who's most notable for his positive positive, encouraging books wrote this. He says, what you stay focused on will grow. And the more I read and thought about that, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. What you stay focused on will grow. Uh, we have a lot of things going on in this world that keeps us from being focused, oftentimes. And uh, I had a good, uh, I had a little lesson in being focused over the weekend. I went to uh, the uh, fire school down at Corbin at the uh, at the arena, basic training for new firefighters. And and there's something about that word new firefighters that is mostly associated with men under 30 years old. Okay. And I figured that out for a reason. Uh, I was the oldest participant in my class of of basic, and uh, they began to teach you the basic skills as a firefighter. Well, I was a little overwhelmed because I wasn't familiar with the equipment, wasn't familiar with the procedures, and so it was a little more difficult for me. And I thought it was very caring of each of those class members and the instructors to focus on me. And I thought it was just because they cared for me, but I realized it was because of this right here. This gray hair hanging on the side of my head. They always was asking, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was fine, I was just slow. But I learned one thing as we went through the classes that the more I focused on what I was doing instead of focusing on someone else around me because they had us putting on gear and they had us breaching doors and climbing ladders. And the more I focused on the task at hand, the better I performed. If I wasn't worried about the person over next to me getting their gear on before I was, if I wasn't worried about uh, how someone else was doing something. If I concentrated on what they taught us to do, I performed much better. And that's why I want to talk this morning about staying in focus for us as Christians. Because focusing on your task at hand is really important. It seems like today we have so much turmoil going on, around, it's hard to focus in on one thing. Uh, I'm not so sure that that's not intentional folks, I'll just be honest with you, that we have so much going on. Over the past two years especially, uh, its it, it, there has been no end to the, the turmoil going on not only in this country but around the world. And we oftentimes want to blame that on political uh, parties and, and factions that do this, but, you know, this all goes right back to what I have said before and you've heard me say and using sermons and other ministers, this is still a fight of good and evil. And we have to stay focused on that fact as well. But listen, we got the budget issues going on, civil unrest, uh, we got illnesses, we've got the virus, Financial things in people's lives, financial issues, relationship issues, and I'm talking about not stuff you see on the news, I'm talking about things that's on the news and in our houses that can be a great distraction to us to take our focus off of God. Turn with me, if you will, over to Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 39, and I want us to be reminded by the wisdom of Christ what he tells us about Difficult times. He says, beginning in verse 34, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and a daughter in law against her mother in law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. What Jesus is describing there is turmoil, isn't he? A lot of distraction, a lot of disruption. Setting family members against family members. And we see that going on today. We see family members against family members. We see countrymen against countrymen. We see nations against nations. And none of this should be a surprise to us. But what does Jesus say that would make us successful in this passage? Is we have to take up our cross and follow him. So that means we have to focus on what we are doing as Christians in following Jesus by taking up our cross. Be reminded, brothers and sisters, that Satan is hard at work creating things that will take our focus off of the cross, take our focus off of God. And those distractions, those things that take us out of focus, can render us useless in the area that God has provided for us in those areas that we're supposed to be serving in. So this morning's sermon title is Staying in Focus. Staying in Focus. Now it's important for us each day of the year, but here we are in October. I don't know what happened to September. Uh, It's gone, it seems like just yesterday we was handing out uh, the uh, box lunches at homecoming. But now here we are, beginning to go into fall. We're beginning to have more fall-like weather, and we know what that brings, don't we? Of course, it brings on the, the beginning of the holiday season. The holiday season, which is so much uh, in November and December, that is built around being focused on who? God. Now, we think about Thanksgiving. That was originally focused on thanking God for the blessings that they had. And then, of course, Christmas, we know But the world's not even focused on it that way, are they? They focus a different area. In fact, they start off the holiday season with a a holiday that is the exact opposite. Not focused on God at all. It's focused on something else. Focused on evil. So that's why it's important that we stay focused. Paul writes to Timothy. 2 Timothy is where we'll be studying mostly this morning. Chapter 1. Paul writes to Timothy here. And he's encouraging him about focus as well. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, Paul writes this, he says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So he's having to remind Timothy here in this passage to stay focused. Stay focused on what he did, what whenever he laid his hands, with putting on of hands, the laying on of hands. He was an ordained minister is what Timothy was. Ordained by Paul himself into the ministry, and he's reminding him to stay focused. Stir up that gift, remember what your main function is. So there must have been a danger of, of being distracted from that. And he was distracted. Some people were complaining about his age and his experience. with some of the things that were distracting him and making him lose his focus. But that didn't change the fact that he had a job to do. Now, we face that same danger in our walk with God, too, whether we realize it or not. Some of us are in danger of losing our focus on what we should be doing. Instead of being in the heat of the battle each day we're off as a Christian we're off somewhere else doing something else uh, and we'll see about that here in just a minute too. Paul often referred to Christians as saints and that that, uh, describes a change in us after Christ. And that has to come those changes are marked by the course that we're on. And if the course that we're on is one that's focused and of God, then we're going to be able to carry that title saint well. But what if we're a Christian and our, and our course is something that's distracted or something that ha- our mind is on something else other than God? We would probably be receiving a letter from Paul just like Timothy did to remind us to get refocused. So I want to look briefly at a couple of lists this morning uh, about First and foremost, what kind of a Christian am I? And there's actually three, three different types when we're talking about this area. And the first one is an in-focus Christian. One that has, is, is really in focus, doing really good. Uh, one who's committed to Jesus, one committed to God in spite of everything. Uh, they're faithful. They're the ones who make up the core of a congregation. They're the ones that do the most work. In the congregation but yet they are typically the smallest group of a congregation and these people keep their focus and they and they help it because they're committed to spreading the gospel they're committed to serving God and serving their community in the name of Christ now I'm not saying that everyone has to be focused in on being a minister. And I'm not saying that everyone has to be focused in on being a Sunday school teacher or a deacon or an elder. That's what, not what I'm saying. In this focus group, everyone has a particular job and they're doing it. And that's what I want to encourage you to realize is that you have a job inside of the congregation, outside the congregation, and if you're a focused Christian, you are actively pursuing that. Now, we have some folks that are halfway focused. And, you know, I got to—I <laughs> realized last night as I was going over this, and again this morning as I was going over this, the younger generation has no idea what it's like to have to twist a lens on a camera to bring it into focus or to hold it and move it back and forth because when they throw them phones up, it does it all by itself. So staying in focus takes some effort, like it used to when we took pictures, if you had a little nicer camera. But that's what we have to understand, because what happens if your camera wasn't in focus? Picture was ruined, wasn't it? Wasn't worth even printing. You'd have to take it down to the drugstore. Remember those days? Those days are just about gone. Take them to the drugstore and get them all back, and they're all out of focus, and you wasted all that money. But that's not the case today, but so help the young people understand what focus is. All right. Halfway in focus, look at that slide. What distracts us will begin to define us. Bob Goff, I I thought that was an excellent quote. What distracts us will begin to define us. So if we're half in focus, we're beginning to get distracted by something, we're in danger. And this group is, is often kind of seen as a stagnant group, not going anywhere, uh, oftentimes hindering those who are at least trying to move forward. Uh, they've lost or, or have lost or are losing the zeal for God and his service because of this whatever the distraction is. Not fully focused on the problem, not fully focused on God usually quick to complain or criticize. These folks do not have full focus in what their life is. Jesus kind of describes uh, these in in his description at the church at Laodicea in Revelations chapter 3 verse 5, or 15 rather. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, and I would thou work cold or hot. That's a That's a halfway focused person. You're not hot, you're not cold. But Jesus says he would rather have the church at Laodicea either be hot or cold, not lukewarm, not in the middle. So being out of half focused as a Christian is a very dangerous place to be. Very dangerous place to be. This group is both the problem and the potential with every congregation. Paul mentioned in chapter three of Second Timothy, uh, verse five. Chapter three, verse five. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, and then he warns Timothy to turn away from him, from such. Turn away. So these half-focused Christians are dangerous. It's a bad spot to be, so I want us to, to, to try not to be in that position. We have a form of godliness. I mean, they, they seem like religious people, but they're denying the power of God, they're denying the power of the Holy Spirit from such turn away, Paul warns Timothy. So we have to be mindful of that. They're in need of stirring up kind of like what Paul was writing to Timothy, refocusing on the gift of God that Paul wrote about. And then you have the last group. These folks are just completely out of focus. They've abandoned or rejected, in some cases, sadly, the relationship that they began with God. Possibly they don't realize it. Possibly they've got so caught up in other things going on that they realize less and less and less time spent with the Lord, more and more time spent doing something else to the point that they no longer even think about the Lord. They don't read their Bibles, they have no prayer life, they don't attend church services. But most of people in the community and their friends would consider them good people and I'm not saying they're not good people but what I'm saying is they're considered good people, they're on the church rolls, good neighbors and such, but yet they have no focus on their relationship with God. These are out of focus Christians. They've allowed something else to define them. It's a sad commentary, really. Now, I wanna ask you you to do something. I'm not gonna do it for you, certainly, But I want you to put yourself in one of those classifications and be honest with yourself. Where do you belong? Are you fully focused? Are you half in focus? Or are you completely out of focus in relationship to what we're talking about this morning? And then when you have yourself there, we're gonna go through and see, identify some ways to correct that and some ways that we can also prevent that. So just what are these gifts that Paul, stir up that gift? And as I said earlier, not everybody has the gift of being a preacher. Not everybody has the gift of being a a, a Sunday school teacher or a pianist or a future organist or whatever the case may be. Not everyone does that, okay? But you all have something. So what? Are the gifts? Well, one thing is human personality, and we may not think about that a whole lot, but we'll see here shortly when we go through the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Our human personalities allow us to do things that maybe you can do something because of your personality. You can reach someone that I can't reach. Maybe because of your personality and your experiences, you're able to relate to someone and the situation they find themselves in better than I can or better than someone sitting beside you in a pew can. So human personality comes into play a whole lot with these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we have to always remember that. The ability to relate to people as Christ related to people. And then you also have the gifts of the Holy Spirit himself. So what we we can kind of split these up is things that I develop as growing and a maturing adult and then things that God develops through the Holy Spirit as we allow him to do that to work in our lives and it's something that you receive when you're baptized and everyone here that's been baptized in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit has received the gift of the Holy Ghost in their life and that's to guide and to develop your gift that God plans on you using in service to him. Oftentimes we deny the Holy Spirit. We don't allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. We put him in a little box and stuff him over in the corner and and hope nobody asks us about it at all. And that's certainly, I think we've covered over the past couple of weeks, three weeks, but that's certainly not the intent of the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, it's just like stuffing Jesus in a box and putting him in the corner and stuffing God in a box and putting him in the corner. And we sure wouldn't dare do that. So the gift of the Holy Spirit to develop us as Christians. First Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll look at that list. First Corinthians chapter 12 verses 7 through 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, or everyone. For to one is given the Spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another... To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these work worketh that one and the self same spirit dividing to every man individually as he will. So we all have some sort of gift of the Holy Spirit that God will develop in our lives. And we have to use that so that we don't become out of focus with them. And what causes us to get out of focus? What endangers our focus coming uh, into an issue? Well, the, the, distraction through neglect. Number one, remember that Bob Goff quote, quote, what we focus on will define us. Well, if we neglect, if we neglect Reading our Bibles, we neglect our prayer life. We neglect coming to church, then that's certainly going to going to affect our spiritual life, isn't it? Because if you neglect your job, what's going to happen? You'll be hunting another one. If you neglect, for those that are in school, if you neglect your schoolwork, what's going to happen? You're going to get a failing grade. If you neglect your husband or your wife, what's going to happen? You're going to have problems in your marriage. If you neglect your children, what's going to happen? You're going to have problems with the relationship with your children. Why would we expect anything less if we neglected our relationship with God? So neglect is probably the greatest threat to the Christian's focus on what we should be doing. So be aware of that, that neglect uh, is is something very... uh, Chapter 4, verse 14 in 2 uh, Timothy. 1 Timothy, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. I've got so many bookmarks. It's hard to chase these things around. Chapter 4, 1 Timothy 4, 14. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on the hands of the Presbytery. So he's encouraging Timothy not to neglect the gift that he has been given and then confirmed by the laying on of hands. So let's be aware of that neglect. Also, that you can be distracted through materialism. Materialism. Well, I'm not materialist, Rob. I'm not materialist. Well, let's look. Chapter six. Uh, I'll on chapter six. Verses five through ten. He describes here. It says perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therefore content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So materialism is a very dangerous thing. Very dangerous. So we have to be focused. And I'm not saying money is bad. I know we got to have money to buy groceries, to buy gas, to pay for clothing, to pay for housing, have electric, I know that. And that's not what this is about. It's not about the pursuit of the basic needs of our life. It's about the the pursuit of money as a God and things as idols is what this is talking about. It's talking about taking our focus off of God and putting our focus on something else and putting it above Him. And sending ourselves, as He says here, through many sorrows. So we know that money is the root of all kinds of evil. And it'll creep up on you, too. It'll creep up on you and you're not even realizing. Just an extra shift here and there. Just doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And the next thing you know, you're dedicated more to that than you are God. And then Anxiety is another distraction and we have seen and experienced a lot of anxiety myself included over the past year or two years rather <clears throat> it's been a stressful time hasn't it i mean we we didn't know when they when this first started we didn't know what to expect the, the worst thing that you could imagine what we expected and, and it's been up and down and up and down and and the protests and the riots and the burnings and the election and the this and the that and Who wouldn't be a little bit stressed? Who wouldn't have some anxiety because of those things? But I'm going to tell you, when we focus on the things that's going on around us more and we focus less on God, then that's when anxiety becomes a great distraction to us. And we have to remember that we may be in a storm, but God is with us in the storm. So, distraction through anxiety. So how is it that we overcome this? Well, first thing that we can do is focus in and unleash the spiritual power that is given to us by God. Acts chapter 19, verse 2. We're going to see here that there were some men that, was <clears throat> that had been baptized by John the Baptist, and at that point, the command to, give, to be baptized by the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit had not been introduced yet. And Paul comes to these men and asks them in verse 2, 19 verse 2. I'll let you get over to your Bibles. In their, your Bibles. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. So what does Paul go on to do? He goes on to explain to them and preaches Christ because John was preaching repentance of one to come. Okay, Paul here is preaching he has come as promised. He has done what was necessary. And here's the commandments. They were baptized. And if you read on down through there, after they were baptized and received the gift of the Holy Spirit, they went around on fire for the Lord, preaching and teaching and prophesying. Is what they were doing. So they received the gift of the Holy Spirit at baptism, and they allowed the Holy Spirit in them to serve God. So we have spiritual power that we can unleash. Here's what we've got to be able to realize to stay in focus as well. We're going to have things that's going to attack us uh, at each and every day or each and every week, whatever the case may be. I hope it's not every day. We need a break, but sometimes it is every day. But here's here's some things that we need to, to realize and be aware of. We got to stay focused for our everyday lives, the things that we encounter each and every day. We also have to stay focused for other people's problems that we encounter as Christians. And then we have to be able to be focused to endure the emergency or unexpected things that come into our lives. So sometimes it can seem like it's coming from every direction. I've got a problem, you've got a problem, and then this hits, whatever this is. But that doesn't mean because we've got things coming from every side that we abandon our focus on God. No, it should actually zero or focus in even tighter is what it should do. And we can do that by unleashing the spiritual power and that power is there through the Holy Spirit. That power is there and provided to us from God to help us stay focused. Because we have to live with God in the center. And as long as he's the center, we can stay focused on that. Paul wrote to the church in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. He says this. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Now there's a simple statement. I don't add to that. I'll let that stand on its own, but I'll read it again because this is a promise to all of us. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So where's the hope based out of? According to what he's telling us here, the power and the, and the, of the Holy Ghost. Joy and peace coming to us through the hope that's supplied and ensured and reinforced through the Holy Spirit. Does anybody here not want more joy and peace in their life? There's the key to it. There is the key. Paul gives the key to the church at Rome what to do. And I'm reading it to you this morning and to to you that's on Facebook and on YouTube. We all need more joy and we're coming into a season of joy. We all need more peace and we're coming into a season where we always think about peace on earth, goodwill to men, right? Well, we want more joy. We want more peace. We need to get more in touch with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to let that grow inside of us. It's what Paul's telling the church in Rome. It's what I'm relaying to you. Restoring love that's one thing this world is woefully short of. Love. Love for our fellow man. A lot of things being on saying, and being done out here <clears throat> in the name of love for our fellow man that, that's not love for our fellow man as this, the Bible describes it. 1 John 4, 18. 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. He goes on to say that we love him because what? He first loved us. Okay? So, if we're to follow the example of Christ, let me get this straight. Jesus loved me before I loved him. Okay, and I'm supposed to follow Jesus' example and I have people all out in the world, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to love them before they love me. That's not going on in the world we live in today. People won't even acknowledge you until they found out that you can do something for them. Okay. But as a Christian, we're supposed to love them before they love us. And we as Christians of all things, we should be doing that. Now out of focus Christian won't be doing this. They've lost touch with that love. They've lost touch with the love of God somehow some way, because of the things that we describe, distractions, anxiety, materialism, those things have caused them to, to lose that love. and that's what we have to get back in touch with is the love of God, because He loved us first, and because of that, we emulate that to other people by loving them, even though they don't love us. We love them in the name of Christ. John wrote that, you know, we can't hate our brother and love God. It just doesn't work that way. We must restore love in our lives. Love of God, love to family, and then the love to our brothers and sisters in Christ and beyond. And then lastly, seek out a sound mind. Seek out a sound mind. 2 Corinthians, where we'll finish up this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 7, 2 Corinthians. How did I get back there? 4 7. And listen to what he says here. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, such as these bodies, that, ex- that the excellency of the power <clears throat> may be of God and not in us. We are troubled on every side yet we're not distressed. We are perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. We understand that. Because yes, these earth the, you know, these bodies will deteriorate, they'll go away. Okay? They get weaker as we get older. We see the decline in health as we get older, we get it, okay? But if we're able to do something good, it's not because I, I have the strength or the ability with my physical. I'm just in an earthen body, earthen vessel. If there's anything good that comes out of it, it's because of God. And you're the same way. If there's anything good that comes out of you that, that looks like Christ, that talks like Christ, that acts like Christ in some way, form, or fashion, it's not because of you. It's because of God. And that's what he's saying here. We have these treasures, you know, we have this treasure, this gift of God in this earthen vessel. That the power of, it may be from God and not from us. Because if it was from us, what would we do? We'd boast and brag about it. And we'd goof it all up. So it's not from us, it's from God. That when we're troubled on every side, we don't have to be distressed because we have through the Holy Spirit that hope, remember, in God. When we are perplexed, we're not in despair because we know that all things work together for them that love God according to His purpose, right? We know that we can be persecuted, but what else? We may be in a storm, but we're not alone in the storm. We're not forsaken, he says. We may be cast down, but we're not destroyed. Because who only has the power to destroy the soul in hell? God. Not man, no government official of any country upon this globe can cast me into hell. Only God himself. And he loves me. Even though I'm not lovable, Because of sin in my past, and the sin that I'll still goof up and do in my future, God still loves me. And only he says, welcome, come in, thy good and faithful servant, or depart from me. He's the only one that has that power. So we need to seek a sound mind. In the midst of all of this chaos that's going on around us. We need to bring our focus in as Christians. And I know I do this every year. I try to, try to encourage us as the holiday season comes upon us that we worry less about the commercialization of the holiday and focus more in on the things that we can emulate Christ through the holidays. And I'm going to encourage you to do that again. And we'll most likely do it next year and the following year because it's so important that we don't get distracted and caught up with everything. because our main focus is serving God and loving people. So, like Jesus loved people. And that focus begins with accepting Jesus Christ as your savior. Have you heard the word? Do you believe it? Are you willing to repent of your sins and confess Jesus Christ as your savior? Be buried with him in the likeness of Christ's death raise that creation and you have received what? The gift of the Holy Spirit and forgiveness of sins. And then what do we do? We just walk forward faithful allowing the Holy Spirit to guide and develop us to be a better servant day by day for the Lord. Now maybe you've went through those steps and that last thing you've kind of tripped over a little. Maybe you realize you're a little out of focus through this that you've stopped letting the Holy Spirit develop you and guide you and direct you in your day-to-day walk, and you just need to twist that lens a little. And I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to get back in focus. Let's be prepared to go out and serve and be Christ to those that are around us, restoring love to people, not because they're lovable, but because Jesus loved us first. And that's what we're called to do is to love them first we're gonna sing the hymn of imitation this morning at Calvary the first and the second verse uh, that is uh, page number 170 no almost persuaded it's a different song title okay so we're gonna sing almost persuaded at one on number 178 Now, and that's a terrible place to be, folks. I would, just like Jesus, this would be a good place to bring that in. Almost as persuaded as like being neither hot nor neither cold. Almost persuaded. And we're saying it's almost but lost. So if you have a decision to make, would you come as we stand and sing the first and second verse of this hymn?